Hello, everyone, and welcome into Survivor Turning Back Time. I am your host, Stephen Labine, here with my co-host, looking as fine and fresh as always, Jared Sheldon. Jared, how you doing? I mean, this is an audio medium, and I'm incredibly sweaty. Um, <laughs> so I don't know why you're lying, and it's also irrelevant, but uh, thank you, Stephen. Uh, well, Looking fine, and I don't know what the other word you used was, uh, said, as well. I said fresh, but you know what? Fine and fresh. I mean, we're not vegetables, so <laughs> we, we, you don't really describe people as fresh. Uh, no, we're not vegetables yet. Uh, speaking of fresh... Uh, I wrote down my question, the thing that I would ask you to, like, introduce what's going on to get the the blood flowing. Uh, Have you ever had something, you ever eaten something, eaten, drank anything uh, that you've had that is just so off-putting, not bad, just off-putting, that you don't know what to do with it? Your body doesn't know what to do with it. So... In Chicago, we have a drink called Malort. Oh, no. That you're well aware of, but for our non-Chicago listeners, um, the official slogan of Malort for a long time was Malort, because those pants aren't going to shit themselves. I Uh, I don't think that's the official slogan. No, it was 100% the official slogan. Um, From what I understand, I don't know if this is a true story. Uh, It was owned, it's still owned by the the Jepsen family. That part is 100% true. Um, Carly Rae Jepsen? Yes, Carly Rae Jepsen owns Malort. Got it. It's the second worst thing she's made behind all of her music. Uh, (laughs) I'm just kidding. I don't know any of her music. Yeah. Um, But uh, it's this, like, grapefruit liqueur. It is is disgusting. And for a long time, it was sort of just, like, unknown. It was kind of like a cult drink that, like, some people would have very often. Like, cult classic drink, not just a drink for cults. Um, and a, like, young marketing guy was like, I can get this to be really popular. You don't have to pay me for a year, but, like, you have to hire me on, um, you know, if this blows up. And the old lady's like, all right, fine. And he started this, like, campaign on Twitter of, Malort, those pants aren't going to shit themselves. And just made it into a meme, and it took off. No. That's the urban legend. I don't know if it's true. I really hope it is. What is true and uh, we'll put a link in our description to this video, is the original commercial, or maybe not original, a commercial for Malort that someone filled of them like pretending to film a commercial and trying to take shots of it. And they're like, no, no, you can't look disgusted when you do it. Or being like, no, you have to drink it. I have to drink it? Um, it, it tastes a little different to every person who drinks it. I think it tastes like earwax. Um, mixed with, like, grass clippings. I- I've heard the word battery acid thrown around a lot. No, <sighs> battery acid would probably be more pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> and I wish that was a joke. Like, more, like, hangs around on your tongue for, like, 20, 25 minutes. Ugh. It's vile. I make every person who comes to the city drink it. Um, if you're listening and I know you personally, again, no, I don't. Um, but I will find you I, and I will make you drink Malort. Ironic. I would just, well, the reason I bring up this question, cause I was, I have a buddy in town. We were, we went to a brewery and we were talking about Malort. Uh, he knows of Malort. Uh, he sends me a lot of TikToks about Malort. Uh, so we're going to trick his friend into having some Malort while he's here. It's going to be a good time. You've had Malort, right? I have had Malort. It's Great. not good. Okay. It's it's not good. Uh, but yes, he was introducing me to the Chicago handshake, I believe. Ah, uh, yes, called. a malort and uh, either an old style or a PBR. Yes, and then well, after you take the shot, you have to ask for another. That's the reference to the commercial. Is, is it the, really? the tagline of the commercial is malort? Take the shot. I'll have another. And then he's trying to say it with a straight face without <laughs> like vomiting on the bar. No. Uh, the reason I brought it up is because we 
We're going down. We were at breweries. Uh, we were going down the list, and one of them was a again fell for the meme. Uh, was the pickle Rick beer? Oh, sure. Uh, it was a pickle. It was a golden ale with pickle juice. Uh, it just intrigued me just enough that I had to try it. Uh, it was too much pickle. Wait, <laughs> not enough Rick. Not too enough Rick. Not enough Rick. I. It was to the point that I'm like, do I just? shoot this four ounces of beer to get it out of the way because i did i i knew i wasn't going to be like oh i'm a big fan of this but i didn't think i was going to be that taste bud offended by it sure i also can't think of a better example of a product going to rick and morty the pickle rick reference um a a piece of media or anything that has that's like pretty decent content with like one of the worst fan bases that makes you not want to associate with the product at all. Mm-hmm. Besides maybe Cubs fans. Oh. <laughs> Whoa! I'm out for blood, <laughs> Jared. Uh, if you want to uh, talk to Jared about his uh, Chicago sports references, you can find me at Steve the Musical. Uh, that's 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 mine. Um, thank you, Jared. Uh, anyway, we are the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. We are going back in time. We are smashing the hourglass. We are dissecting every episode of Survivor, season by season. We are on episode four, which feels like we just started doing this. But I feel like we've gotten to know these characters a little bit, and it's it's warming my heart. Yeah, I, maybe this is just because of the the format we're doing and having and like doing a deep dive. But I feel I I feel more connected to the characters in this season um, more than I would think. When I at least I think I would by episode four of a normal season or I, a forty one forty two season. I agree. It could be that we're not. Uh, you don't have that week of everything in between to kind of forget and to. Uh, lose your short little connection or it's just that we're taking copious amount of notes and really digging into these people and maybe sprinkled in how much how slice of life we get at times you know as we've as i talked about a lot last episode Mm -hmm. not everyone being in game mode all of the time means that we get a lot more human moments from them um and that's (laughs) how we connect to people oh yeah and we've definitely got some on this episode so it's I don't I, stop wasting time. Let's get right into the episode. Episode four: Too little, too late. All right. So this episode aired uh, would have been June twentieth or twenty first of two thousand. So I looked up the week between the uh, last episode and this episode, um, and a few things happened in that time. So. Uh, Scotland repealed a law outlawing uh, outlawing promotion of uh, homosexuality, so they it was no longer legal to promote homosexuality in the year two thousand. I, I don't quite understand what that means. Like I I think I think I understand what the context is saying. Like essentially decriminalizing. Being gay. Being gay. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a law... I mean, it, you know, it's a one-sentence description on the On This Day website, but it sounds like it could be something that's intentionally broad to make just being 
gay in Scotland illegal. Who knows how much it was enforced by the year 2000, but either way, wasn't repealed until this episode of Survivor came out. Um, and, uh, oh, Israel withdrawals from Lebanon after increased UN pressure. Uh, and Tiger Woods wins his first U.S. Uh, golf Open. Oh, when's the first one? 2000, his first one in this week. Uh, um, do you know if that's his first major or just his first U.S. Open? I think it's his first U.S. Open. Okay. Yep. And then uh, the number one song uh, at the time was uh, Be With You by Gabriel Iglesias. Oh, okay. Maria Maria didn't last a whole two weeks. Nope. Nope. Barely lasted like nine days. Maria, Maria. <laughs> uh, funny story about Maria Maria. That was one of the first songs I had to perform like pop songs I'd ever had to perform in front of like a live audience. And if you know anything about the me that is right here in front of you, I shouldn't have been singing that song. It's uh, not a good fit for <sighs> the no. uh, white skinny nerdy guy. No. Um, so yeah. <laughs> it's, I got... not a good, it's not a good fit for like who you are as a person or your ethnicity or anything like that. It yeah. doesn't, fit you at all also that wasn't even the song last week the song last week was one that i don't remember and neither was new oh okay well, that was two weeks that ago. was two weeks ago yeah truth okay well uh jumping into the episode we ended the last episode with a uh a tropical storm flooding the tribal council area uh toggy forced to stay i kind of hoped that they would give us more backstory on what happened afterward. Um, if this was a newer season, they definitely would have. However, we just kind of cut to the other tribe and how they deal with it, how Pagong deals with the weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the answer's not well. Not well. No. Everyone's real upset. Everyone's cold, wet, and covered in bugs. Uh, this is the breaking point for Gretchen. Oh my god, Gretchen Gretchen breaks bad. Also, she casually slips in, never talks about it again, but it's like, yeah, during my time at the Air Force Survival School... I wrote that down too. I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Why do... I mean, was it part of the casting that they were looking for people with, like, Richard mentioning his, you know, apparently extensive fishing background or mm. spearfishing background, Gretchen with the Air Force Survival School... Was this what? They must have been looking for traits that you could bring into the wilderness to make it less of a liability for the show. They, they're not just throwing them to the wind. Like These are intelligent, survival-capable people. Yeah, and I, I, I wish we knew everyone's now, because it seems like most people have one then. Yeah, can we get a list? Right, exactly. What, I don't care what their jobs are. Tell me what their weird niche hobby is uh, that, or niche, niche? Niche hobby is that uh, makes them suitable for for surviving in Borneo. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I want to know more about these people. Uh, but again, most of this is pre-internet forms, uh, internet, like, Oh, I can just quick search anything. So there's not a ton of information out there beyond what CBS gives us. You're saying that they didn't put their whole resumes on Ask Jeeves? Uh, no, I believe it was. <laughs> I believe it was before Ask Jeeves. However, don't quote me on that. I, if you have, like, I, if you don't know what Ask Jeeves is, uh, 
oh, I feel old. If you don't know what it is, I feel old. Not you, but the listener. Okay. Well, the person I've established a parasocial relationship with that is listening. Yes. Uh, hey, how are you doing? Are you, are you in your car? Uh, watch the road. Just stop, stop focusing <laughs> on me. Watch the road. Focus on us a little bit. Okay. Well, fair. Okay. Listen to me. Listen to the sound of my voice. Uh, <laughs> we also get the first introduction to Greg's nature phone. What? Okay, I, I want to spend. We'll, we'll go back to Greg in a second because now you oh, yeah. now you now you've addressed the elephant in the room. I've at least for me, the beast. I'll have what Greg's having. <laughs> Greg's having a good time. Greg is. Greg has lost his mind. Like I, I was this whole episode. I'm like, Greg doesn't even seem like the same human being. It, it like he has actually gone insane. <laughs> and listen, the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast mm-hmm. fully supports committing to the bit. <laughs> commit to the bit until you die. Absolutely commit. Die to for the bit. And Greg, Greg commits to that bit. He committed all the way to that bit. I was getting a little concerned that he actually thought people could hear him on the other <laughs> line. Uh, no, but this is something he he's talking in a shell, or he's talking to someone through a shell, his shell phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I just got that. Yeah. Uh, oh no his shell phone and he continues to do so in spurts throughout the episode so as they're deciding to move their shelter which gretchen leads uh he is finding moments to he'll stop working to do this yeah he'll he'll go off he'll do he'll he'll make sure a camera is nearby so that they can film him Talking on his shell phone. Can you imagine being the person that has to hold the other side of the bamboo stick or whatever that you're using to, like, support the shelter? And then Greg's like, one minute I have to take a call. Yeah. And you just have to sit there and go, I'm sorry. okay, I guess. What? Okay, wait. Question time. Answer time. Okay. You're stuck in a room for 25 minutes. Okay. You want Dirk preaching to you or Greg on his shell phone? Greg on the shell phone, yeah. hands down. <laughs> uh, Greg on the shell phone, at least, is quality entertainment. I would pay to sit and watch him try to improv phone calls <laughs> on the shell phone. It's interesting. It's it's bizarre and po- possibly concerning if you're trying to live with him in a normal scenario. However, from a pure entertainment standpoint, loved it. When when we get to Greg's where are they now, if you told me that he was diagnosed with schizophrenia, I'd be like, yeah. yeah that makes, that makes sense. sense. <laughs> true, true, truly. Uh, sorry, you wanted to talk about Gretchen. Oh, I mean, yeah, just that, like, um, <sighs> Gretchen is already doing all of the emotional labor for her tribe. Like, she snaps, and, like, her tribe's, like, uh, like, so annoyed with her. I'm like, y'all, she, she, hell, she was white-knuckling y'all together through BB. Like, she is the reason that you survived the BB storm. Um, you, like, she has been doing all the emotional labor for this tribe, and now she's the only one who's, like, Let's get the shelter off the beach so we stop dying to bugs and the elements. And they're all like, and sh- sure, like she's being a little rough around the edges about it because of course she is. Yeah. By the end of this episode, it's day twelve, and people are still arguing with her when she's gone to nature school for the <laughs> air force and is being has to be the mom of the group too. Like I'd be pissed off too. Yeah, she's trying to reel it all together, and patience has left her. Uh, it's, I feel like we're spiraling and this may not end well for Gretchen. I know. And it sucks because like she deserves so much better. Yeah. Uh, 
Sorry to keep flip-flopping, but I had one more note about the shell phone. Uh, Greg says his shell phone is relatively inexpensive. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that detail. In his scenario, is he paying for a cell phone plan? Is he... uh, I I don't know. I just... that, That got me. It really hit me. Like... Wow, you have gone full in on this. I, I, I know, like, and, and maybe some people are wondering, too, when I mention all these background details about Survivor, but that I've only seen the most recent two seasons. Because when, when watching 42, I was pretty active on the uh, Survivor Reddit, mm-hmm. um, but being very careful to avoid spoilers of other seasons, only staying in episode things. And people would provide sources, like, things that go on behind the scenes. Sometimes old players would, like, chime in about stuff, or mm-hmm. they'd reference old players, talking about, like, what the conditions are like. And they've mentioned a previous Q&A where, like, players have said, like, the biggest uh, struggle that they face is actually just being bored. You have so much downtime and nothing to do. Yeah. So. A full-on month and some change, depending on the season. And you gotta, other than the challenges, other than building your shelter and finding food and water, you, you got all the time in the world. And you probably, you know, except for working, want to save energy, too. Yeah. Um, so you're not, except for going and finding mud volcanoes, um, <laughs> you know, you're, you're, there aren't a lot of time for, uh, like, recreational activities. So doing things like creating a shell phone, um, I, I guess, passes the time. It's probably, somebody points out, I don't remember who it was, points out that, like, oh, Greg knows what he's doing you know, he's sort of like the de facto leader of the camp. He's manipulating yeah. everyone. And I'm like, I don't think that's true. I, apparently people think he's an evil genius and I love it. I, I want to see it. I want to see more of it. Oh, I'd love to see it. I think Greg has two brain cells and they're both fighting for third place. <laughs> I, I think he's smarter than the cut gives him credit for. No, I, that's fair. And actually thinking back about it, I would say like, I feel that way more about, like, Sean or Dirk. I actually think that Greg's smart. I think Greg's just doesn't take himself too seriously. Yes, which is a skill that I wish we all had sometimes. True. Uh, speaking of ways to entertain yourself, oh. uh, going to Pagong, or no, going to Tagi, flipping sides, it shows us this dichotomy of Sue working her butt off, mm-hmm. trying to provide for the camp, and Sean building a bowling alley. Yeah, we see two very Midwestern, Gretchen and Sue both have very Wisconsin dialects, uh, two strong Midwestern women doing all of the work for their tribe mm. and no one appreciating it. None. Not, not, a, not a one. It makes me so mad for them. Sean builds a bowling alley while everyone is like, you're building a bowling alley, but we have all this stuff to do. Steven, I need one spoiler. Okay. I need, I need one spoiler for this season. Sure. Do we ever get to see the bowling alley in action? I don't believe so. Well, that that may not be true. I don't remember it. Okay. However, doesn't mean it's not there. I really hope it's there. What is Sean doing? What between like between this whole fishing pole thing yeah. and now the it's like he's like, oh well I tried to be productive one time doing one thing. Ah, I'm done doing that. Bowling alley. I think he's trying so hard to have a thing that... Oh, he's having a midlife crisis on the island. <laughs> he he wants so badly to, like, have this cool creative idea. How is he bringing, like, 
Midwestern suburban dad to Borneo. Uh, He's like taking up bowling and fishing. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's the reason why the bowling alley doesn't really see any action on the show is because next he builds a grill. Uh, <laughs> they fly him out some propane. Uh, I'm 100% joking. How's uh, that grill you built, by the way? Uh, it's lovely. Uh, it's <laughs> Jared's selling me out. I am a Midwestern dad. I uh, absolutely bought a grill. When I got back, I have an area for it now. I'm real excited about it. And in a few months, when this whole town becomes uninhabitable, uh, it will sit there until next spring. Oh, you can grill in the winter. We're going to grill in the winter. I mean, yes. It's kind of like hot tubbing, where it's more exciting in the winter, but also it's freezing. Why are you doing this? <laughs> well, anyway... Um... Yeah, no, I want to see the bowling alley in action, but like, dirt, or, uh, Sean probably won't finish it. He'll probably move on to something else next episode. Yeah. Make a sand convertible, build a grill, I don't know. Sure. Uh, this episode jumps pretty quickly into the reward challenge. Mm -hmm. Because, again, they had to build something. Uh, this challenge is the... What are they called? The SOS challenge. Mm -hmm. So they have to signal a plane flying overhead with their best, whatever that may be, to impress a plane driver, a drop expert, and Jeff. We call this pilot, Stephen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> pilot, yes. I just, like, I just like roasting you today. Sure. Um, no, I, I thought this challenge, again, really cool, really creative. Mm -hmm. The parameters were misleading. I was misled by Jeff. Maybe the contestants weren't, but I like. It feels like when he's talking to uh, the two people. I, who was it? The, the the representative from each tribe. Uh, it uh, was doesn't really matter, I guess. Jenna and Dirk. Jenna and Dirk. Okay. When he's talking to Jenna and Dirk, he says like the most creative or something. He he uses he uses a term something mm -hmm. to, that implied to me creative, if not just outright saying creative. Um, and then when we're when we see him in the plane, he's like the one that's most visible. And I'm like, Jeff, those are that does that is not the same thing. Yeah. Um it, it could be one of those things that was lost in translation of the video cut, but yeah, you definitely want to make it clear that this needs to be visible, that this needs to be interesting looking, mm -hmm. but this is an SOS signal. Someone from a plane has to like it has to catch their eye. Right. Um uh, which is a real interesting challenge. Uh, what I thought was most interesting about it, though, uh, this challenge will come back in later seasons. I know that oh, for a fact. Cool. Uh, eventually, it will sunset pretty early in the Survivor uh, history. Uh, what I thought was really interesting was that Jeff haggled with them what they wanted from the reward challenge. Each tribe got to add one thing. Yeah, and not yeah. I shouldn't say haggled. He openly asked them what they wanted. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that continues on, but it seems like that's a bad idea. I mean, it's an added uh, knife to the heart of the losing tribe, mm -hmm. right? Because it's like, you just gave the other tribe the thing that you wanted most yeah. in that crate. Yeah. Oh, I want that. Uh, so Jenna asked for a spice rack. Smart. That is something that definitely comes back in mm -hmm. uh, reward challenges throughout the series. Uh, and Dirk asked for a flay knife, which, again, pro I would have thought came with the fishing kit, but... 
here we are. You can catch the fish, but you get nothing else with it. Yeah. Uh, oh, well. Uh, so the teams go back and they brainstorm. Uh, and Pagong kind of seems pretty unified in trying mm-hmm. to come up with ideas. They seem good at working together, uh, whereas Tagi has much more of a conflict of ideas. Well, yes. It seems like Dirk and Sean just want to shoot down everything, especially Sean. Yeah. Everyone else is having ideas, and they're just, every, oh, this is why that won't work. This is why that won't work. And it is clearly grading on the other tribe members. This is where I wrote the Battle of Wisconsin. Dirk versus oh. Sue arguing about what will work. Uh, Pagong, we had this weird... Both teams kind of met at the same point of sex cells. And Pagong, yeah. Pagong openly says sex cells were horny. Col- Colleen is so horny. Colleen just wants... I, I, I don't even know what's going on in this. I mean, this. jumping way ahead, but we see it in the preview for the next episode. Yeah. Colleen does... Colleen has forgotten there's money involved. Yeah. Colleen is just here to have a good time. I mean, good for you. Uh, you do you. Uh, whereas Tagi talks about putting on condoms. Like, bright up... Yeah. Bright condoms. And you're expected to see that from a plane a really long ways away. I, yeah, I mean, I don't think there was a second step to that thought. And it was no. like, ah, oh, yes, bright colors, and uh, it'll be provocative. And okay, great, we're no longer thinking about that idea, thankfully. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, I, I don't, I don't care how bright it is. It's probably not going to. I don't even think it was a real suggestion. And I hope not. I hope not. Uh, regardless. This is kind of setting up these tribes in what they look like right now. Mm. Pagong is unified, good or bad, they they like each other, and anything they do is going to be as a team. Uh, Tagi is, there are fractions there, and Rich mid-challenge is thinking, oh, okay, I need to start making an alliance. Yeah, and he and he's like, well, I'm going to do something else, and it's a little bit sneaky. And I'm like, what's he going to do? And he's like, I'm going to make an alliance. I'm like, oh, yeah, that would be, that is sneaky for this for, season, for, huh? For season one, it's kind of sneaky, but it's normal gameplay for any other season. This is, I know I said last time that this first time the word alliance was used was last episode talking about a group of people, mm-hmm. but that was more of an alliance of one vote. This is the first time that we really talk about an alliance moving forward, like yep. as, as a combined group yeah. within a group. So Rich wants to drag along uh, Kelly, Sue, and Rudy into an alliance going forward. Uh, Rudy really doesn't want anything to do with it. Which disappointed me. I really would have. I, I want the Rich-Rudy odd couple. Yes. Uh, I think Rudy just kind of i feel like he thinks it's cheating or he thinks it's against his morals to like create an alliance yeah uh which again you look back at it you're like that's ridiculous this is a game everyone knows it's a game in season one they really didn't understand this did they no i I wonder if they actually much more forthcoming with not hiding who were they were voting for yeah um and maybe being, like, not sneaking off with people. We haven't really seen people sneak off with people. Nope. Also, while we're on Rudy, 
I feel like Rudy just doesn't agree to confessionals, and he, they just come to him when he's in places, and he goes, I'm not moving, but you can film me. Because every one of his is like, he was the one that was like, he's out in the water, and it's like just his head above water. We've oh, had yeah. two of them now where he's like at the campfire, and it's just like weird low angle <laughs> shot. And I'm like, they just, they, they don't get Rudy to go off and do confessionals. He just talks, and they turn the camera towards him and go, all right, good enough. Yeah, come on, Rudy, just uh, give us something here. And he does. He for probably a brief <laughs> amount of time, but he does. Uh, yeah, so really that just leaves Rich, Kelly, and Sue to kind of figure out a an alliance of three. We go back... Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, that's not the majority, but when you don't have... When you don't have another alliance going, any alliance is the majority. It's Because true. they're all going to vote whatever way they want, and you have three votes all pointed in the same direction. If you can push any votes in the same direction, it seems like the way to go right now. And they only have six people on their tribe. True. So that's you're at least getting a tie. And, I mean, if you can even sway Rudy a little bit, that's, that's it right there. You got it. Uh, anyway, back to the challenge. Uh, Pagong builds a giant smiley face. <laughs> Which is very visible. It's it there. Is. It's made out of sand, so it's or no, not sand. It's made out of like. No, I think you're right. I think they dug. I think they dug the sand out like a trench. Okay, I'm picturing also like tree branches, but that may not. be Oh, true. I think they might have had some in there. Okay, doesn't matter. It was brown on sand, so it was there. It was visible, but definitely could have popped out very large yeah so it, it could be seen by the the plane driver uh again i keep saying plane driver it's a pilot it's a pilot it's a pilot <laughs> i didn't go to pilot school to be called a plane driver uh and toggy made a giant phrase toggy is groggy they spelled toggy wrong yes they did uh <laughs> It made me mad. It's on their flag. It's on. I'm pretty sure it's on their buffs. Uh, no, it's not. But it's definitely on their flag. Uh, and they also do a star with made out of their bodies and their yellow ponchos uh, with one person in the middle. And really, that kind of wins it for them. Jeff is up with the pilot and the drop master, and they say that they come in, and it's a unanimous decision that Toggy is the better SOS signal. Having moving parts helps. Yeah. Um, very subjective challenge. Very subjective challenge. And also, imagine watching that, like, watching the plane go by, come back, go by again, come back, and then either drop the crate or not, like... I don't know how long it took him to fly, you know, maybe like 20 minutes between beaches, who knows. But man, that must have just been excruciating yeah. to sit there and wait and not know if you're getting what's of incredibly valuable reward. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out, because <laughs> when I think of this challenge, I think of helicopters would be a much easier way to get around and to navigate these small islands. Mm -hmm. uh, just on the basis of turning around multiple times, uh, but would they have the cargo space to drop something? I don't know. Uh, I wonder when it comes back. I don't remember the small details, if it's a helicopter or if it's a plane in later seasons. We'll find out. Anyway, the uh, Jeff tosses a big crate out of 
the plane with help of the drop master and they don't really show a good uh shot of the crate landing it's landing in the water Mm -hmm. but it looks like it's landing in the water a really long ways away from the beach it was pretty far out there (laughs) i want to say it was a good 200 250 meters out and they had to swim quite a ways to get it you you, here's your award better get it before the current does go get it Tagi gets it uh everyone's happy uh pagong seems pretty defeated though yeah i mean and they start infighting pretty much immediately yeah um i think colleen says like i thought the the smiley face was a stupid idea and like all like they start turning on each other pretty much right away which is a big turn from early when it was like oh yeah let's do it you team bonding and and it it's it's a mess instantaneously it's much easier to not protest the idea i mean you know you don't want to be a dirk um but <laughs> i just yeah, that's pretty good yeah um i didn't mean to do that uh, <laughs> it's much easier to sit back not protest the idea and then if it doesn't work go oh, i knew that wasn't gonna work yeah. than it is to be the one who has the idea we don't know who has the idea no it really doesn't show where the idea of the smiley face comes from uh, it just kind of, we get to that point. It seems like it was, pr- I think it was probably Greg, just because of the way that everyone else was like, kind of put out about it. Maybe Greg's just a positive guy, yeah. but he seemed the one who was trying to spin it the most. Sure. Um, also, do we know if Joel's still alive? <laughs> they really didn't show much of Joel on this episode. I, like, not last episode either. We just don't ever see Joel. I just was looking over my list of guys on uh, Pagong, trying to remember who it was that, that was being positive. And I was like, oh, yeah, Joel exists. Oh, yeah. Where, where did Joel go? <laughs> uh, we briefly talk about dynamics as far as Ramona is concerned. Yeah, and I was tribe. I was so excited to see her, like, coming out of her shell. Yeah. And I actually wrote down, like, yes with, like, four or five S's, mm-hmm. uh, Ramona. Because I was like, I was so happy to see it from her. She's been She's been sick. She's had, you know, she's had a lot of some social problems. It seems like she's a pretty introverted person anyway. Yeah. Um, it seems like she probably has been, uh, pretty insulated from, uh, outside of, like, other people of color. Mm-hmm. She says she hasn't had a, a white friend since junior high. I did. I wrote that. My, uh, Ramona talks about how Jenna could be her first white friend. Yeah. And it's really, it's something cool. Yeah. It's, it's nice and it's sweet and it's, um, it was, it was really nice to see her take that step forward and find acceptance in a place where she was really worried she was not going to find it yeah and i think uh jervis kind of sees this and has a heart to heart with ramona mm-hmm. uh because they briefly talk about how jervis pulls ramona aside and says hey uh i i get like you're sick i get that this isn't the most ideal situation for you however you got to figure something out otherwise you're next to go yeah uh, the Jervis can see the writing on the wall and wants to fix it. Yeah. Uh, but weirdly, after Ramona says my first white friend to, about Jenna, Jenna seems to immediately throw Ramona like, I want, I don't think Ramona, it's too little too late. Yeah. And this is also the first time we see a quote be an episode title. Yeah. Um, and it gives away the episode too. I mean, they put it in a question mark to be like, is it? But the moment that she said that, I knew who was going home. Yes. I didn't want it to be, but I I, I knew who was going home when they, she said that. They bring it back later. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like almost the tagline to the episode. Yeah. Uh, 
She says it again in confessional, in or at confessional of, of the vote. Yeah, but we'll get to that. Next up is the immunity challenge. This is the most survivor challenge we've seen so far. I really, I loved this challenge. There are multiple legs. It's a relay race. There are multiple legs. There is a swim. There is a floating bridge cross, which is by far the shortest leg in the entire... Yeah. Uh, but the person who does the floating bridge also has to row a boat mm-hmm. back to shore with someone else. Uh, there is a sprint, quote-unquote sprint through the woods, and a uh, digging a treasure chest up mm-hmm. that is buried in sand. Uh, what What did you think of this challenge? So first of all, I, I'm surprised at the emphasis this season is put on challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, it really makes me think of like the fear factor or um, the challenge um, in that like that's sort of taking spotlight in this episode. Um, and it's it they've tried to make it spotlight to previous episodes at times, but the challenge has just been uh, not as intricate, so they don't take up as much time. Um, no, I, I thought this was a, a really cool challenge. I haven't seen a relay race challenge before. I'm sure they come back because it's a you know pretty easy team challenge to do. Uh, I would not want to be the person digging for that treasure chest. No, that looked exhausting. It did, and uh, we'll get to that. But I feel like there was a reason that the, the team that won won. Uh, immediately, you throw Sean versus Colleen in the swim. Colleen is not a good swimmer. I don't think that it was that she was a bad swimmer. I think it's Sean was just by far the stronger swimmer. That's fair. Um, and I don't know. Maybe you you feel confident, or maybe you think that that's going to be not in in the long scheme of things. That's going to be not a very huge portion of the race. I don't know. Uh, I I really didn't write anything about the log bridge because it's. Gone. I don't. Did we even see it? Yes. It's so fast. It's gone in five seconds. Uh, to which uh, they get into the boat. Oh my god, people. Row together. Yeah. They don't row at the row same time. People don't know how to row a boat. Um, to which they get back to shore, and it is a race into the jungle. Well, we got to talk about Richard's inability to break a bottle. Oh, yes. Sorry. <laughs> couldn't, get it, couldn't get it through the hole of the bottle. And then uh, I think it's it's either Sean or Dirk. It's always either Sean or Dirk. Is off to the side yelling, break it, break yeah. it. Just break the ball. And it took Richard like three attempts and he finally gets it. And, I, and then I see they're all barefoot. And I'm like, yeah, I'd probably be pretty nervous to do that yeah, too. I don't know that you want to break glass on sand <laughs> barefoot. Uh, yes, they, they smash it, which gives... Uh, Pagong a little bit of chance to come back because Jervis just takes that thing and smashes it instantly. Jervis is so bad at challenges. <laughs> For this guy that lo- it looks like he's in pretty good shape. Yeah. We've now seen three challenges in a row. He can't eat the bugs. He can't swim. And that's fine. He's learning how to swim. I'm not going to I'm not gonna dog him for not knowing how to swim. Mm-hmm. But then he also can't run very far. Like, he looks like he's going to die at the when he gets back to the rest of the tribe. Like, he just doesn't... It's like... It was like me in eighth grade trying to run the mile where you just <laughs> sprint the first, like, eighth of it and then you're winded. Yeah, they, they send these people off into the woods to run and i feel like they undersold how long the run was gonna be Mm. it it, in my brain i felt like it was gonna be uh 
like into the woods, up the ladder, down the ladder, back out of the woods. And like home it was going to dawn. <laughs> like it was going to take them five minutes at the most. But it looked like they were running for quite a long time through that through the woods. Long enough for people to be able, or, uh, or I guess which tribe, uh, Toggy, to be able to dig the whole treasure chest out. Yeah, a, a set, it ha- they had to be in the woods for at least 15 minutes in total. I don't know if it was 10 minutes out, 10 minutes back. Uh, it, it was a long time. Long enough that Jervis had to stop and catch his breath multiple times. Uh <laughs> Yikes. So yeah, Dirk clearly outran, outran Jervis, uh, which gave Rudy and Rich plenty of time to dig up the treasure chest. Uh, Jenna and Gretchen were the Pagong diggers, and they struggled too. Yeah, what was Rudy digging with? It looked like a shell. Okay, that makes more sense. I was like, it looks like a giant Newsies cap. But I was like, that's not, that wouldn't work. And where would you get it? Yeah. I could not figure out that was a shell. Thank they, you. They didn't really give a good shot of it, but it was clear that they used a tool of some kind to get it out, whether it was found or what. But they don't address it. They don't say it was against the rules. It's just, it's just there and they use it. Jeff doesn't seem, uh, I, I, 41, 42, uh, you see Jeff, yelling a lot during challenges about like you know gotta do this gotta do that clearly he is not enforcing any rules because we see um i don't remember who it's either susan or gretchen i don't remember which tribe it is like drops the bottle and one of them like keeps pulling the boat in and one of them goes back to get the bottle but they're not all the way at shore like i feel like now jeff would be like no we can't get the boat to shore until you get the bottle you have to get the bottle or something like that and uh it seems to be like do whatever you gotta do He's more the rules stickler now than at the time. I did write down that this is the most silent a challenge has ever been. It was very weirdly silent for a long period of time. We are... The challenge dimension is going strong. (laughs) You just... You see these people running through the woods and saying nothing, and you just hear the crinkles and the breathing... I wasn't going to mention it again, but I, you know, I'm happy to. It's just, it's so weird because it doesn't, it, it feels like footage that we weren't supposed to see. <laughs> I say it every episode, but it just, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like we're invited. Like it, it, yeah, it, it feels like a deleted scene. Um, and it's, it's kind of charming in its, in its weirdness, but yeah. it's also, I, I, I pray to God that season two, Jeff starts talking during challenges because I cannot do more than one season of the silent challenges with weird music over the top. I need, I need some, some commentary, Jeff. Please help. Uh, Toggy wins uh, by what looks like a landslide. Uh, I'm sure it wasn't that bad. However, Gretchen and uh, Jenna really struggled to dig up the treasure chest. I meant to ask. Yeah. Did Toggy compete with one less person? Because yes. they had, where, like, was somebody, did somebody pull double duty then? Like, in, like, row and dig? So here's what I gathered, is that they weren't enforcing a sit-out bench. Mm-hmm. However, one person just didn't really have a leg. They were there oh. in, like, the central area. They probably helped with reading the maps when... They had very little time to actually read the maps, and I'm sure it didn't matter in the long scheme of things. Uh, but they didn't 
talk about someone sitting out. Mm-hmm. Uh, both teams had two people digging. Both people had, or both teams had one person running and two people rowing. Two in the water. Yeah. So I don't know. I I they didn't make any mention of where that last person went. Cause let's see, let's see if we can figure out who it would have been. Uh, it would have no Colleen was Gervais swimming. ran. Colleen swam. Uh, Gretchen and Jenna dug. Oh, it would have been Ramona. I guess it was Ramona. Yeah, Ramona huh. not really doing anything. Um, yeah, that tracks. Yeah, so Toggy wins. Uh, Pagong seems like they're they're at this moment of we don't want to do this because they they do they genuinely like each other yeah um and they don't want to send someone home uh instantly jenna and colleen feel pretty vulnerable Mm -hmm. uh with their mini confessionals uh jenna felt like because of the treasure chest dig that people were gonna view her as a target which I don't know that that's an accurate read, but yeah, I don't think it, I mean, I don't think it is. Um, we don't see anyone talk about her Mm -hmm. and in Jeff's, uh, like pre tribal council, like narration. Yeah. He doesn't bring her up as being somebody that he feels like is vulnerable. He just brings up Ramona and Gervais. Yeah. Uh, of the of the two, I feel like Jenna is the less weak of the players that could be sent home. Uh, but what do I know? Uh, Greg, and then I wrote down Greg is ridiculous. I wrote down Greg is becoming the Joker. <laughs> like, right in front of our very eyes. Like, he is he is full-on, like, ro- what, no, uh, what's his name? Uh, Joquan Phoenix? Joaquin. I don't watch movies. Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. Walking. Yep, that's what it is. Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, he's full on going Joaquin Phoenix Joker, a movie I haven't seen, but I can tell that it's Greg. <laughs> and here's what we do: we take your shell phone and we kill the Batman. <laughs> that's not Joaquin Phoenix. That's more um, more Heath Ledger. More Heath Ledger, yeah. Also a little bit of uh, what's his name, uh, Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill too. I, I like Mark Hamill is definitively the best Joker. Uh, it's unfortunate that he has not done a live action. Yeah, I mean Heath Ledger's giving him a run for his money. It's true. Uh, I I love Mark Hamill's. His voice acting is so good. I am so <laughs> off topic. Uh, they <laughs> Pagong off to Tribal Council again. I looked this up. It is a ninety minute hike to tribal council that's honestly not as far as i thought but longer than it should be it's much longer than it should be that i don't know what made you think that that was a good idea yikes i like sometimes with this season i'm just so confused as to what the thought process was like clearly nobody in the room when they were like all right it'll be a 90 minute hike from camp nobody asked why yeah because like, there's no there's no good answer. Again, it's not it's not a challenge. It's not something you can fail. It has to happen. Yeah. It's your punishment uh, on top of the punishment that you're sending someone home. Right. I I think they fix that pretty quickly. Uh, but before they get to tribal, there's this weird 
recap of who Jeff thinks is vulnerable. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Jeff gives a voiceover, talks about how uh, Jervis could be a little bit on the hot seat because he's failed challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ramona. He talks about Ramona. He talks about someone else, too. Oh, he does? I you know, That's what I'm thinking, but I can't think of it off the top of my head, so maybe not. Uh, but just this weird... It, it feels so out of place in today's Survivor that Jeff is giving opinions not straight to the care or not straight to the the people. Yeah, like they like I mean it honestly feels a little bit like episode padding. Um like they just needed a transition shot. I actually think overall I've been talking about my overall feelings on this episode. Mm-hmm. Um I what this episode has probably been the least engaging of the four so far. Mm-hmm. Um I, I, I don't yeah, I feel like there was a lot of padding, and not the not the fun slice of life padding, just a lot of like challenge padding where it feels like we didn't need to like we, we didn't need the shot of the plane going back and forth over and over again, um, or a lot of the Jeff interviews. Eh. Yeah, upwards of fifty percent of this episode was challenge. Yeah, they it, it clearly not a lot happened on the island in these three <laughs> days. Uh, yeah, I they, they needed to fill some time. So they have Jeff talk into a microphone about who he thinks is vulnerable. Then, to repeat himself at the actual tribal council, uh, Jeff comes in, asks people, who feels confident? Man, this this was my favorite part of the episode, was uh, Jervis. I think I keep calling him Gervais. I'm so sorry. I, I was going to call you out, but I, I just didn't. <sighs> no, I, yeah, nope, that's on me. Uh, Jervis uh keeps uh or you know Jervis is the only one to raise his hand and say that he's feeling confident mm-hmm. and Jeff puts him on blast yeah he kind of says the same stuff that he says in the voiceover that like hey yeah you've or don't you think that maybe you were the fault that you could be blamed for the three last losses that you guys had and he could he could he absolutely could uh it's tough to blame him on the the race because no one can see what happens back there sure uh but yeah if you want to put him on blast put him on blast jeff but it was yeah i mean they're relatively tied until the race got into jervis hands yep um i don't think it would have mattered because i don't think think the the two ladies were gonna get that treasure chest up uh the the sand kept filling in over top of where they were digging which is never good. <laughs> then he asks, who is feeling vulnerable? And <laughs> once again, Jervis is the only one to raise his hand because Jeff put him on blast. Right, and he goes, ah, now I'm feeling pretty vulnerable. I That was hilarious. It was beautiful. It was a great, nice introspective on what who this guy is. And yeah. I, I really like Jervis. Me too. I, Jervis is a fun guy and a, I, a really good pick for this first season. Yeah, and I, I mentioned before that he's bad at the challenges, and he is. He is bad at the challenges. <laughs> but he's such a competitor. He's he's so competitive all the time, mm-hmm. and in all of his confessions, he's like, yeah, we're going to go out there, we're going to beat him. And then he goes out and puts up horrible performances and then forgets about it the next day for the next challenge. Yep. Uh, everyone is covered in kind of war paint again. I think it's mud. It I is think it's, mud yeah. this time. Yeah. So they're all in mud, and everyone is doing it, unlike... The last time where it was some doing it, some not. Every single person had some form of mud on their face. I kind of liked it. Yeah. I mean, outside of like the the regular kind of ick, because it's, you know, maybe weird appropriation. Yeah. I don't really know. 
um, what they're trying, if, if what they're, if what they're emulating is, um, outside of that little ick factor, it was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. A, a nice sign of unity, uh, in this moment of, well, you're about to send somebody home. Uh, I also noted that the soundscape of this tribal council is all over the place mm. that they <laughs> you kind of get into the trouble of people talking over each other again and not really quite sure on who to focus well, the the sound on steven yeah they didn't have the talking conch that's jared you were absolutely <laughs> right it's all about the magic conch they gotta bring it back See, back. you wanted it gone, it's gone, and now it's a problem again. Again, we, I mean, yes, we could have just done the effect of the talking conch without yep. having to physically hand out a conch. Asking personal questions to have an actual conversation. What? Not in my season one survivor. No, not in Borneo. We do things our way. Uh, and then we get to the vote. Uh, Ramona is... This is such a weird vote for me. Yeah. Because I feel like, yes, Ramona was the obvious choice. Um, However, this is one that I feel like if people rallied and actually, like, planned anything, it could have gone a completely different way. Get rid of Joel. Nothing of value would be lost. Yeah. No, I I agree. Ramona is the obvious choice. Um, Colleen was never going to go home because... She's hooking up with Greg. Greg would have who everyone likes, yeah. um, and I just I feel like Jenna has too much of like a rallying effect mm-hmm. with people and keeps everyone's moods bright and all of that. Um, and Rona just started contributing. Yeah. I think it, I, I think the episode's aptly named "Too Little, Too Late." Yeah. Um, but I was this is the first vote off where I've been legitimately sad. I I wish Ramona would have got more time. I know. Uh, I would have loved to see Ramona in individual immunity challenges mm-hmm. um, just to see because uh, I feel like they were hiding Ramona a little bit in these uh, team challenges like the uh, her not participating in the last one um, I wanted to see what she could do yeah um, and her social her social game was blooming her physical game we really didn't get to see but uh, I, I would have I I wanted to see more Ramona. Yeah. Show me more. She got she got sick early. Um and you know, she probably starts really fitting in with the tribe, what, a day before the vote? Maybe yeah. two. Yeah. Just unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, so Joel, Gretchen, Jenna, Colleen all vote Ramona. Uh Greg votes for Jenna. Uh, clock that what is greg doing i don't know i don't greg's votes are always all over the place jervis votes for colleen and i didn't clock who ramona voted for uh one of the two ladies got two votes i think it was colleen yeah no it was colleen because she really liked jenna okay truth you're right um so yeah that's three votes right there i think had you planned anything you could have swung that very easily yeah, I think you could have gotten you could have got Gretchen on your side. Uh, you could have got possibly Joel. Uh, I don't know. It just seems a little a little spur of the moment. People and, accept their fate in this first season. Yeah, Ramo- and Ramona kind of talks about it too at the tribal council that 
she doesn't really know who she's voting for until the moment comes. Yeah. Which I respect from a standpoint that you'd like each other. However, it is essentially lying down and dying that you don't have a plan. Yep. Which, just uh, unfortunate. I... This is the part of the game that doesn't develop for a while. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think you'll see m- some of it in later in the season, but this is the part of the game that early scrambling makes for such m- way more interesting early games. Now, you said something last episode that um, Stacy sued because yes. of, like part of her lawsuit involved this episode. I... I jump the gun it's not this episode it it will be coming i will talk about that i have not forgotten okay because it's so interesting it's a teaser for later episodes it's so dumb at the same time okay uh because i was watching this episode and when i got done i was like what could he have been referencing what what does that mean (laughs) uh yes stay tuned on that one it's it's real funny when you go back and you look at it and you go why why did that happen why did what made you think that was a good plan? Uh, again, we'll get to that. Okay. Any final thoughts about this episode? Um, no, like I said, I think this is probably the weakest episode of the season mm-hmm. so far. Like, and yeah, the first episode meandered, but it gets some benefit of the doubt because it's the first episode. Um, I don't. Uh, yeah, there just wasn't a whole lot of meat on the bones of this episode, unfortunately. Um, bring back BB. <laughs> don't don't bring back BB. How do you think Ramona would do in today's Survivor? The Ramona that we saw for the last two days mm-hmm. of, of her being on the island, um, I think has a I think probably is like a make the merge contestant yeah. in a lot of seasons. Um, I don't think she I, I I don't know that she would stick out. Like I said, she kind of comes off as a more introverted person to me anyway. Um, and those those people I feel like tend to be um maybe not the early like the earliest of votes but they Mm -hmm. tend to be like the okay the big alliance is picking people off type of votes um she could end up being a goat that gets dragged for a while i don't see her being the person to make waves i see her being pulled along by someone uh being part of a group yeah and i i think that would actually do her a service for a while she's not going to be a target She's not going to be someone that, like, oh, I have to take this person out now, uh, which I guess is pretty goat material. When you... But at the same time, I think she'd either be that or to give her a more positive spin. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen those types of contestants do well recently where mm-hmm. they um, they sit in the back. And obviously, Ramona is very intelligent. Mm-hmm. Uh, her her career alone <laughs> like you know the the whatever type of uh biologist or whatever she was um and just the way that she talks to people she's clearly very intelligent uh if she understood the game better she could be that person that pulls the trigger at the right time and propels themselves to a victory or a near victory yeah i don't that's in her range of outcomes I don't think it's likely. I think it's more likely what we were talking about with being more of a more of a goat um, that gets dragged along be, just because of a uh, kind of a lack of social game. Yeah, yeah. So who's your protagonist? This episode was hard to mm-hmm. pick one, um, and not because oh a bunch of people stood out. Kind of because like no one stood out. Yeah. Um. I. 
I actually kind of feel like Ramona, even though she was voted off, is the protagonist of yeah. this episode. Uh, Greg's a close second, just like he was last episode. Um, a lot of the story seems to be revolving on Greg's, Greg and his leadership of his tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, we really got to see like Ramona's growth and Ramona's story through the episode. And that might be part of the reason why this episode fell flat. Like I said, I was sad that she left, and I really like Ramona, but being a more introverted person... Um, and it's really awesome to see that growth from her. Um, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't explosive. It wasn't outgoing. It wasn't, um, super extroverted. Um, and that can, there's just less material there. Yeah. I think this episode was a little heavy handed in its storytelling of, okay, Ramona's on her way out the door. We need to give, uh, her a lot of screen time. Uh, for good or bad, I think they get better about that because at the end of the episode, you kind of you don't want to know who's going home uh, from an audience perspective, which is a real bummer. Uh, however, where are they now? Ramona uh, is still succeeding in life. Like Ramona is working for the same company she was working for, celebrating 23 years in 2020. So that'd be wow. 25, assuming she's still there. Uh, has a son, uh, is a global chemistry project manager, and I, I caught this at the very end, is currently working with Survivor alums who are black and people of color oh. to raise uh, awareness of the importance of representation in the show. Good for her. Uh, honestly, good for her. And I think uh, you you see the work being done. Uh, this, this report that I was looking at is in 2020. When survivors kind of in a shutdown Mm -hmm. you see this post shutdown of oh ramona's doing good things to change survivor 20 years later that's so cool that's really cool because imagine i mean she was only there for 12 days yeah and those 12 days were so important to her that 20 years later she's pushing she's doing a, a big push to um you know spark diversity inside of a show that she again was only on for 12 days yeah uh ramona talks about how didn't like the edit of the show because it fed to a a stereotype uh you i realized that shows want to tell a story but don't think it should be at the expense of people of color yeah that's fair that's something we haven't talked uh as much about we we've we mentioned it in our first episode um and know that it's always it's something that steven and i uh recognize um and as we go through 20 years of survivor we probably won't bring it up constantly because nothing changes for 20 years yeah but i'm i'm really glad that uh you know she gave that she put her voice out there and helped to do this yeah it's a slow change uh, being made on a show that is on the air for a long, long time. Uh, we mentioned that we wanted to talk about the other two that were voted out because we didn't talk about them early on. Uh, BB died, what did I say? Uh, uh, 2013. 2013 of, of cancer. And as far as we know, Sonya's still kicking. Sonya is a big fan of the show apparently still watching 20 years later and still cheering on 
uh, has choice words for the season 40 winner, which is huge spoiler, so I'm not going to go there. Um, what, you're saying the winner of the all-winners season would be a major spoiler? Yeah, huge spoiler. <laughs> not, not talking about that. Uh, but yeah, that's that's about all I got. Any, we got to get Sonya on the show. We got <laughs> Sonya is in her 80s, so... Okay. I, as much as I talk with other uh, boomer generation people on through the internet, uh, they don't know how to use the internet or Zoom or anything like that. Oh, sure. That is an overgeneralization. However, if you cannot turn off your microphone in a Zoom chat, I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> it drives me up the wall. Uh, I am way off topic. So let us end this episode. Bring me the bumper. that'll do it for this episode of survivor turning back time we're so glad you're here with us thank you for hanging out with us this is an hour out of your day out of our day uh i just i really like doing this i like talking to you if you want to talk to us if you want to reach out to us please do so our email survivor tbt at gmail.com you want to reach out to us on twitter we are at survivor tbt uh you can reach out to me personally i have instagram steve the musical on instagram or if you just like uh, you like hanging out, you like watching people play video games, come hang out with me on Twitch. I stream every once in a while. Uh, at Steve Plays, S-C-H-T-E-E-F, Plays on Twitch. Jared, do you have anything you want to promote? Uh, yeah, sure. You can send uh, all of your BB fan art to uh, Jared Sheldon 8 uh, on Instagram. Uh, he's a dangerous ass. He's the he's, he's the eternal patron of our podcast, uh, forever in our hearts. I'm gonna I'm gonna scroll back up to the, just to see his <laughs> see his picture. Oh our, man, that's the least flattering on picture. our cast list. Yeah. Uh, he, Except he, for Dirks. Um, and then I mean, kind of following in with you know what Ramona's doing. Uh, I I would like to push voting. Uh, midterms are coming up. If you're listening to this when it releases, uh, that will be, uh, you know, early, uh, August, um, registration deadlines coming up, depending on what state you live in. Mm. So, you know, get out there, uh, vote. There's a lot of important things coming up. Smart. Yeah. Make, uh, have your voice heard. Speak out. Do Do what you want to do. If, if it didn't matter, people wouldn't try so hard to stop you from doing it. Ah, I like that. Well, that's all we're going to talk about today. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Once again, thank you for listening to Survivor Turning Back Time. I am your host, Stephen Levine, for my co-host, Jared Sheldon. We want to thank you so much for hanging out with us. Have a great rest of your night. Have a great rest of your day. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. And don't do anything I would